everyone, David again from Project Daybreak, talking about the upcoming talent all around the world. Now, we don't have an upcoming talent because uh, the person on the other side of the mic is already a talent, uh, but I'll let her introduce herself. <laughs> Hi, I'm Alice Russell. <laughs> now, uh, for the, the listeners, um, I, I can presume they all know Alice Russell, of course. Now, uh, <laughs> I don't know. You don't know? You're not sure? <laughs> not sure yet. Nearly, maybe. <laughs> now, in, in what genre can we, uh, yeah, let's say, locate you? It's really hard, uh, but I think because of my voice, even though I love lots of different genres of music, it's soul music because it's a very emotional sort of <laughs> out, outburst when I get singing. It's of course, uh, it, it's a really intuitive form of, of genre. It's really, uh, like you say, it goes straight to the soul of a person. Yeah, and I feel that that's where I gravitate towards um, with wherever I, I express myself. Even if we go back to sort of hip-hop beats or it's a bit more electro or maybe with like the Quantic album, it was cumbia mixed with sort of old school soul sound. Um, it's generally soul music, I think. That's how I define it. <laughs> But it's hard to define music. Have you always wanted a career in music? Did it start at a young age or...? Um, it wasn't necessarily thinking I wanted a career, but I've always been a bit obsessed and totally moved by music, as I think we all, most of us are. Um, and That's always, correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I played classical, I played cello when I was growing up, and my dad, it was a very classical household, but um, it was sort of through the radio that I found soul and different styles of music, hip-hop, prints, people like that. So, yeah, but I never thought... I'd make a career out of it. You just sort of do it and then things happen. And is that there some kind of idol uh, that you went through when you were growing up? I think um, the the, bigger, the biggest ones I used to sing along with were Chuck Khan, Aretha, Donny Hathaway, Stevie Wonder and Prince, really. Um, they were the main singers I was a bit obsessive about. <laughs> okay. And have you met them uh, already in person? I can presume yes, of course. Not all. No, I Not wish. All? No, sadly, Donny Hathaway passed before I even had a chance to even meet him. Um, haven't met Aretha Franklin, would love to. And haven't met Prince. Oh, okay. I've got so, a lot of, I've got to have a party around my house. So you've got still a couple of things left on your bucket list. There's a lot of things on my bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you still remember the, the very first record you ever bought? It was actually a Beach Boy record. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it was a car boot sale and it was like 20p. And um, it was like the best of the Beach Boys. And I remember it was just a picture of them in California surfing. And I was like, ooh. And um. Yeah, and they're obviously another big influence. I love the Beach Boys, amazing harmonies and compositions. So yeah. And any favorite song from the Beach Boys? Um, we used to <laughs> we used to sing because we lived in the countryside and it was very dark walking back and you know after the pub, and we used to we used to sing Do Scoop. 
but good vibrations, I think, is one of my okay. favorites. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Too. The pheromone and it's just so good, isn't it? It's like yeah, and <laughs> especially when you're you're putting it up in the car, for example. Yeah. <laughs> you can feel the vibrations go through the boxes. Yeah. <laughs> um, if if you um, yeah, we're we're growing up and, and you had those those idols. Um, is it? Didn't you think about, for example, having a like a pop uh, career instead of soul, or? No, not really, because I think I was drawn to the genres of music from an early age, even like Cameo, James Brown. It was all that style of music. Um, and there was a few pop songs I liked. I think everyone likes a few pop songs here and there, but it wasn't really a passion for me. So, um, and I think you have to be moved to want to do something with your, you know, put all that time in. So, no. Not really pop. <laughs> <laughs> so we stick to soul, the the, the real uh, genre of music. <laughs> yeah. well, you know, every genre is valid, but yeah, it was where you know I have to do what moves me. I think so. Yeah, definitely. Where do you get your inspiration from, from the music you write? It comes from all sorts of things. It still comes from discovering new music. I was just listening to Giles Peterson's podcast with Marcus Valle, mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of Brazilian music, and realizing all the stuff you still haven't heard. I've only just discovered Hermeta Pasquale, who's absolutely amazing as well from Brazil. And, and there's also loads of new upcoming talent coming out that really also makes your head turn and... It's it's all sorts. It's that, but it's also it's film, it's books, a book you might read, or a situation in life that frustrates you. That's definitely a big one for me. If I see like a personal situation that's I feel really frustrated by, or I see sort of people that can't communicate with each other, I feel quite moved by that to sort of try and write, express myself through song because it's an easy way to sort of get it out of your system and not feel frustrated. So yeah, all sorts of things. Any contemporaries you're inspired by, or? Any contemporaries? Yeah, I'm loving, I mean, obviously, loving Mount Kimby and James Blake um, at the moment that they're all coming out. I mean, his 2011 albums just, I thought it was really beautiful. And I feel like he's like the new sound of sort of a soul, a soul voice, really, and, and, and things like that. But um, yeah, there's loads, there's loads of different people coming up and coming at the moment. Um, and I'm loving Sampa's new stuff that's coming out, just him and a piano, which is beautiful. So looking forward to his album this year. Accidentally, I had a, an, uh, I think, an interview with your one of your biggest fans uh, last week. Oh, uh, it was uh, Jenny Wren. Jenny Wren. Yeah. Ah, and she's a fan. She's an incredible fan. She even does a couple of covers from your songs. Oh. So okay. she, she's really, uh, yeah, she was really into you, and and she admires you, and uh, 
Yeah, um, you're you're a big inspiration to her. I'll have to check the covers. She, yeah, you you should. Yeah, you should, yeah. You should, <laughs> You'll find also the interview on our website. Uh, ah, cool. We published it uh, yesterday, so. Uh, I'll check that out. <laughs> now, uh, how does that feel like? You know, uh, being an inspiration to to a whole lot of people. I think it's for me. It feels kind of strange because you do what you do, whatever happens. But it feels really flattering as well when people um, are you know moved by you. Because also I've. I suppose I've felt that with other people, so it's nice that I've done that for other people. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it feels a bit strange, because um, obviously there's loads of people like Jill Scott, and when I was come up and coming, sort of, that really moved me and inspired me. So it's yeah, it's really flattering. Yeah, and it's, it's flattering not... to to uh, as yourself be part of the, of that uh, Olympic fire. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> to think of yourself like that's like out of body experience. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, if you you write your own songs, you know there are always three different stages, of course, in writing songs. You can uh, you write your song, then you go to the moment you're you're going to the studio recording it, and and afterwards you'll be performing it on gigs. Yeah. Have you got any preferences? Is you, you like uh, studio more than than the writing, or or everything the same, or? It all has its different charms. I think. The magical time is when you li you have a song that comes all at once, which is very rare. Sometimes you get a melody and the vocal and the lyrics all in one time. And that feels like a very special moment. But that happens like once in a blue moon. Most songs you get a, a sort of nagging idea and then you work at it and you chip away and then you find where you're going with it. But with a live thing, it's so instant and you haven't got a second chance. Whereas the studio, you can do a few takes, um, but I don't like overdoing that. And I like the instantness of the communication with doing it in front of a live audience because you can't just go, oh, I'm going to start again. You just have to get out there and, and give it your all. And it's kind of, it's a weird space to be in. It feels almost meditative sometimes because you sort of go to another place when you're performing. And I kind of get high off that a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Any specific venue, you, you, your, your, yeah, your, uh, your dream come true? Oh man, I kind of like one day, I reckon I'll be 80 by the time I get to do it. I'd love to do the Hollywood Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, a, I love, most big venues I don't like. I went and saw Stevie Wonder and Prince recently in the O2 and it was just too big um, and echoey. Whereas if you do a big gig in an outdoor venue, it feels like it can, it can work better. So for me, it's that, but it's also smaller venues. I love those grotty club venues. And I love doing a tour where you'll go from a venue of a capacity of a thousand to like three, four hundred and you do completely different shows each night. And they're my favorite tours because it keeps you on your toes. And yeah, but there's loads of venues still to discover. Definitely. There's an, a new hype uh, also in, in the music industry uh, where they people, yeah, they hold their own house room concerts. Yeah. Have you ever done one of those? No, I love that idea. And I'm thinking because we have the great escape where I live in Brighton, which is getting bigger and better every year. It's like a bit of a South by Southwest, um, but UK vibe. Mm. And I'm kind of thinking it might be kind of cool to do that this year in my house because I live quite centrally. Um, maybe do it in the daytime and check with the neighbours. But <laughs> <laughs> And I went to um, my friend uh, Mikey, who plays in the band, he plays with a lot of folk musicians and has people that come, come over from the Appalachian Mountains and stay. And he's done quite a few home gigs. So I've been to a few of his gigs that he's put on. And it is really lovely. Everyone brings something to eat. You're, you know, it's a nice, intimate atmosphere. And I think it's, it's a really special thing. And it's cutting out all the horrible parts of music where it's the business side as well. 
people are just coming together to enjoy music. Yeah, that's it's yeah. like sitting around the campfire when you're younger. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> really important because we forget these things as we get older, and it's like, hmm, it's nice to do these things again. said around the campfire uh, when you're younger right? yeah or... did. that was more when we were teenagers to be honest oh okay. we lived in the countryside <laughs> so we used to sort of you know make our own fun you know we're going to have sort of parties in the forest and quite often there'd be a some sort of pyromaniac there and we'd have a big fire <laughs> 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 maybe not like a little campfire but yeah <laughs> okay any inventions you made when you were younger <laughs> No, not really. I was the other thing I was obsessed with was art, and that was the other thing I thought I might do. I used to do a lot of painting um, and just shut myself away doing that as well. So, but no inventions. I'm too slapdash for that. <laughs> I think I get frustrated. <laughs> and what gallery can we find your art? My mum's at it. <laughs> She keeps threatening to get it out, and I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> so that's good. that's going to be a big discussion uh, later on, perhaps. Yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> Maybe after this interview, people will contact you uh, just to, to get that art <laughs> in their, their living room. Now you said you you were um, yeah in, in you had a quite a big of a, a bucket list some things you would like to put on your bucket list. Mm. Uh, what would be your top three? Oh my goodness, top three. Okay, yeah. one would be a, like have a jam round Prince's house <laughs> with maybe uh, I think I'd also have Andre 3000 there um, and a few different people. Maybe James Blake, Andre 3000, Thundercat, a few of those people, and maybe Hermeto Pasquale. So that's like one wish in a big one. Go around there and have a big jam. Okay. <laughs> Another one is a simple one. I have never been to Brazil, um, and I would really love to just go and discover um, Brazil and, and do some recording there. That's definitely there. And the f another one, I reckon something completely different. I wouldn't mind going and helping David Attenborough out for a day and uh, going filming some wildlife with him. <laughs> I think that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> Those are, are quite um, diverse. Uh, the top three, I would, I would say. <laughs> that and no skydiving. No, I'm joking. <laughs> so that's that's number four. It just didn't make the top, the top three. Yeah. <laughs> somewhere high to find some weird monk mountain monkey and then we'll have to skydive down me and david and yeah so, of course yeah and, uh, you've also got those jetties passing by so uh yeah you definitely have to skydive <laughs> <laughs> now um you've been to to belgium before yeah uh, for performances how yes. are we like <laughs> yeah it's cool and we love coming to you because you have fantastic beer <laughs> and lovely food I have to say, the French will kill me, but you're either, you know, the food is even more sort of, it's another stage further from some of the stuff we've had in French restaurants as well. It's kind of that, I don't know, you guys are very, um, 
it's another art form. <laughs> so <laughs> but you know, to... we invented the French fries. Exactly. Although they're French, but it's from the, the, the verb to French. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think you need to talk about that with the guys, maybe Hollande. But he's got stuff going on at the moment, so we'll leave him with his affairs. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, we love it. And Leuven, we've been quite a few times. So it's like, um, I remember drinking a bit too much Stella Artois. <laughs> but the next day, my head felt fine. Okay. So, yeah, know. but if, if you have a good beer, then you don't get a headache. Of exactly. Whereas here, we have a lot of bad beers but we have good beers too but you guys have perfected it to an art form and some of the you know the darker more cloudy ones are my favorites yeah but we, we've got a whole lot of beers here in belgium of course uh, i i can't even give you the number of, of different beers we have yeah every city has three three or four beers uh exactly an art form you see yeah why <laughs> <laughs> not That's the only hope we've got, you know, without uh, any uh, proper government, <laughs> we all sort of hit oh. on to the beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if in doubt, yeah, you take it upon yourselves, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're all politicians in mind. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, good. that's a good way to be. Now, of course, um, a lot of people say that, that the music industry, with, you know, with uh, illegal downloading, um, every every music put into to uh social media and stuff like that that um it it's kind of getting more difficult for a musician uh, mm. to be a full-time uh, musician mm. do you have that same feeling or, or do you think that it's just a changing world or um i'm in two minds i remember this this article that david byrne wrote about spotify um And it's a fine line because I think for new and upcoming artists, these platforms are imperative, really important, and for the fans just to access music. And the most important thing is that the music gets heard. I think everyone agrees with that. But it's also maybe educating sometimes, maybe I'd say the younger people, because I think a lot of the people I know of our age, maybe you might get a few freebies from people like, you know, and they say, listen to this, but then you'll go and if you like that artist, you'll support them and you'll go and buy something from them and also the other argument is if you don't buy the album but then you go and pay to see them live you're still supporting the artist so i think as long as you're supporting the artist that you enjoy mm -hmm. it's actually okay and i think most people aren't really making money from sales anymore anyway i think it's publishing and live shows and that's how you can make your crust to keep going um but i think the only thing that's important is educating maybe the younger generation that You know, if you like these artists and maybe they're not on a major label, they're on a smaller label, you need to think about being responsible. Like with anything, any anything that you enjoy, is to think about that person and, and supporting them in what they do, you know, anything. Artists, you know, like I went, recently I went to a classical concert and it cost me, it was a hundred pounds for two people to go. Oh, okay. But then it was a Philharmonic orchestra. It was a massive orchestra. Yeah. <laughs> and you've got to <laughs> They think. They have to pay each and every person yeah. uh, performing. And, and and sometimes, you know, like the theatre, it's really, it feels expensive, but then you've got to think of all the work that goes into that. And I think it's just about respecting the things that we all enjoy and wanting to pay the price. The same with fair trade. And it goes deeper than just the music issue, I think, with um, everything in our culture today that we feel, you know, you shouldn't have to pay for things. Or <laughs> I mean, it'd be nice if we could trade, if we could be evolved enough that everyone just trade you know things and not have to use money but we're not there and we're far away yeah <laughs> I, i think we're indeed far away <laughs> I, i had uh, uh, an interview with ronnie monroe a couple of weeks ago from metal mm -hmm. church mm. and he had uh, a fan coming up to him uh, with a burned copy asking him to sign 
he said, you know, I didn't sign the CD. I'll explain them why. But I did went, uh, I did go on a picture with him, uh, on a photo with him, but yeah. I didn't sign his, his burnt copy. <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of a bit thick. Yeah, <laughs> to that's go up to uh, an artist with quite, a burnt quite copy. harsh. <laughs> I think so. I mean, unless he paid for the ticket to come and see him live and he said, look, I'm skint. I haven't got much money, but I can't, I paid to come and see you tonight. You know, that's cool. That's yeah. kind of cool. I think every person has its story, of course. Yeah, that's the thing. If people are skint and they love the music and they save up and they come in and support you live and, you know, you can't... It's hard. It's a hard one. Um, Project Daybreak is, is, is all about upcoming talents. Um, we interview upcoming talents all over the world. Yeah, uh, do you have any suggestions for everyone who's listening, everyone uh, who's trying to make it in the music world? Oh, do you know what? I think as long as you, it sounds really cheesy, but I think keep true to whatever you're believing in and the music that you write. And I think truth will out. If you put your heart and soul into something, Um, and you really believe in that. I think that's the, the biggest thing. And also, just be careful with that. <laughs> Don't do what I did. Sometimes I've been too trusting in the past. Always check. Um, get a good lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> and, and anyone you recommend? Or <laughs> uh, well, no, there's quite a few. You've got to be careful out there. But okay. I think the most important thing is making the creative endeavor and making something beautiful to make a difference for people. And you know, for someone else to really enjoy. That's the most important thing, so. That's really nice, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> Now, um, of course, um, yeah, we, we'll put up uh, every link to your website, your Facebook, SoundCloud, every uh-huh. social media link into the article, <laughs> so everyone can just follow you wherever they, they go on social media. Ah. Now, um, are you coming to Belgium this year? Or? I hope so. I'm actually having a bit of time out touring apart from summer. We're coming back in the summer. So if you guys have some cool festivals, I'm hoping we'll be coming out. I'm coming on tour again in July. So we're having a bit of recording time now, writing and recording some new stuff because I'm trying to work on the new album. Um, but yeah, I really hope we're going to come to, to Belgium in, in, in the summer festival time. That'd be cool. Okay. Perhaps we'll see each other in, in, in person then because we'll be yeah. present at festivals too. So yeah, cool. Yeah, hopefully we're gonna we're starting to get the um sort of tour dates in, so okay. let you know. Yeah, I'll buy you a good beer then. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'll need it by then, I reckon. I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for making the time for this interview, of course. Oh, thank you, guys. And yeah, we'll see each other very, very soon. I hope. Cool. Oh, thank you, David. <laughs> You're welcome. Bye, 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 bye.